Hello, hello, and welcome to the new Mindset Who Dis podcast. My name is Case Kenny at case.kenny on Instagram, and this is my weekly podcast where I create short, no BS episodes dedicated to helping you be the person you're meant to be, leave your comfort zone, and live a fulfilling and purposeful life. Let's go. Right. Welcome to a special episode of New Mindset Who This. My name is Case Kenny. You probably know that, but today this episode isn't about me. I'm going to hold off on too many funny stories about myself and my mindset. Today I want to talk about the mindset of my guest who's sitting in front of me right now. And I don't do a whole lot of guests on the show. I've done 145 episodes and only had two or three, three folks on the show. And that's because I'm so adamant about people who have created impact in their lives and, and let their sense of uh, hope and positivity and optimism lead them and who have really crafted great, amazing mindsets from it. And today's guest is certainly no exception to that. And I'm very excited to have him on the show. Today's guest is world famous Dutch DJ, composer, musician, artist, and great all around guy, Armin Van Buren. Armin, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I've got to say right off the bat, you know, I've, I've I've interviewed a lot of people over the years and, you know, it's one thing to have someone on the show and they're like, oh, this person's well known and, and famous and has interesting things to say. It's another to have someone who personally has impacted you in, in major ways. And I, I promised everyone before that I wouldn't have any fanboy moments, but I will say that I've been listening to your music since 2004 and it's had a big impact in my life. So I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank um, you. Thank you for your kind words. Um, it always, you know, it's... I want to say something about that because it's yeah. it's so great that, um, you know, for example, when I do a, a track or a radio show, uh, it, it feels like you're talking into a black box sometimes. And to actually meet the people that you've impacted on, apparently, uh, is, a great, is the greatest feeling ever because, you know, uh, sometimes I really wonder if people actually do listen. I mean, <laughs> the numbers say they do, but, you know, to, to actually meet people and say like, oh, this track has such an impact on me or this... This music or, or this set was so amazing to me and, you know, you, you know that you're creating memories to people and that is the greatest gift, I think, of my job, for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I talk about music all the time on the podcast. I talk about it on Instagram, just like music is a powerful, powerful thing. I think it has the ability to give you amazing perspective. It has the ability to change your mood in a, in a second. It has the ability to, to connect you with other people. So I think it's such an amazing thing uh, in my life and, and your music since 2004, communication, so many so many albums and, and songs that have played a big role in my life. I think it's just it's amazing. And I de- definitely, <laughs> definitely am a, am a big fan. But what, we'll start off with, with talking about music because I think it's a great segue. Um, you have a, a new album coming out, Balance, um, and I think that's it's great timing because I actually released a, an episode a couple back on this idea of balance, how I think personally that balance is everything in life, the balance between amazing things and kind of shitty moments, uh, between unknowns and knowns and why that's so important in life for perspective. Uh, I'm sure you agree with that. I'd love to know a little bit about the idea behind balance, kind of what drove you, what your motivation behind um, kind of the theme behind it is. I was uh, planning a new artist album because um, it's been four years ago since I released my last album. And uh, 
it was a little bit of a difficult thing because uh, you know the way we consume music right now is completely different than five ten years ago uh you know i come from the air when i released intense uh, a lot of it was still cd or everybody was downloading on itunes and and stuff like that um right now everything's streaming you know the good news is that people are consuming more music than ever uh the bad news is is that you know you're sort of a, a slave to playlists right now yeah. and the curators of playlists it's a whole new game uh the whole new you have to imagine like Imagine a football game and they completely changed all the rules. That's that's what that's what's happening in the music industry yeah. right now. So in 2015, I released my album Embrace and I felt a little bit frustrated because the album itself uh, wasn't platinum and the albums before that were. Uh, were and uh, I felt that was kind of a personal loss. Yeah. Uh, but my manager had a very simple explanation for it. He said, well, the music industry is, tra- is transitioning into a new era the individual tracks did really well. For example, I got a platinum plaque for Heading Up High and I got you know, uh, a triple platinum for Another You and a couple of other tracks on the album did extremely well. It's just that the album as a whole, I feel, didn't get the attention it deserved. And that's because in the streaming era, people have a tendency to uh, you know, pick their favorite tracks and put them in a playlist. And that's just the reality of things. I don't want to be negative about it because you know, when I started DJing, I was still carrying around vinyl. And uh, now I'm, you know, playing from a USB uh, drive. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's been a completely different uh, s- setting. It's like, you know, you, it's, you can compare it to driving your bike to school and taking the airplane to school. That, that's yeah. the feeling. Yes. It's a completely different. <laughs> it's still music, but it's the, the way people consume it is radically different. So when we started talking about a possibility of a new album, my manager said, well, there's just no use in throwing 14 tracks on your fans because this is what's going to happen. They're going to pick the two or three favorites and then they're going to move on. So I said, okay, so what do you suggest? Because I really wanted to present my fans with new music, you know, some classic Armin trance, uh, some new new stuff, some experimenting. So what we decided, and it was a long debate, was to bundle the new album, 14 brand new tracks, with 14 tracks that were released the last two years. So that to balance it out. Uh, so uh, th- that's the first balance that we have. Yeah. Uh, the second balance is, as a musician, I feel the need to uh, explore my, explore a little bit. Um, I love trance music. It's very close to my heart, but I feel it's very formularic sometimes. And in order to keep it exciting for myself and to keep, you know, keep it fresh... I need to flirt with other styles. It's just, uh, that's just who I am. So I got into songwriting. I'm doing a lot of pop stuff. Uh, I'm doing a lot, a lot more EDM. I'm even flirting with hard style. So there's an actual hard yeah, style track yeah, yeah. on the I album, which was uh, a radical departure for me. But on the other hand, I've also created like a lot of classic Armin tracks, like, uh, you know, the one with Sam Martin, uh, Miles Away, um, uh, Million Voices, uh, the one with Halion, the one with Chemo. They're all like more like catered to my fans. So what I'm saying to my fans in the album is, look, I'll never forget my roots. I know where I come from. I know you guys love a state of trance and I love it too. But music needs to move on. And uh, the experimentation fuels uh, me and gives me the energy to do more sort of standard Armin tracks. So that's where I find the balance. Uh, as a musician, on the one hand, I'm experimenting. On the other hand, 
I, uh, I, I stay loyal to my fans and I know what they like yeah. and I like it too, but I need to, I need to move forward. Yeah, well, that's cool. So it's, it's quite a literal balance with what you're releasing and then also a balance in the sense that you're, you're always evolving and reinventing yourself. I know you talked in Mr. Perfect, the documentary you released about, you know, people are like, oh, he's not releasing trance. Like what's going on? Armin's a trance DJ. But you're not just a trance DJ. You're, you're a musician, an artist. Well, if you have to put a label on my forehead, yes, put, put trance. Right. I, I, I swear. That's how I I've found Never, sure. never throughout my career, never played purely just trance right. in a set. I've always, you know, played uh, more progressive stuff or more techno stuff. And I don't want to limit myself. But if you have to put a label on my forehead, please make it trance. Yeah, <laughs> That's, it's, a, it's a fair label for sure. Um, so so let's, let's hop in a little bit to the, the mindset behind behind you um on balance the album that's coming out there there's a quote where you say every day you wake up a little more what is what does that mean to you well that's a quote that comes directly from my mom mom. i actually used that exact quote in one of the songs on the album called don't give up on me uh it's what my mom uh taught me one day and i think there's a lot of truth to it when she first said it it didn't really hit me until i started thinking about it it's true every day you learn more about yourself. You learn more about the, your surroundings every day. You, you, you become more a richer per- – also as a producer, you know, um, every track that I make, uh, you know, when I make a next track, I take the knowledge of all the tracks I did before that. So I'm always moving forward in that sense. And, uh, yeah, also you know, like politically, uh, you know, even religiously or, or – Musically, I mean, I listen to different music than I listened to 10 years ago. Uh, your, your taste changes. I eat food now that I would never eat 10 years ago. I have drinks that I would never, you know, and I think that's the beauty of life as well. There's a lot of beauty in that. Uh, and, and yeah, so that's the reason why th- th- this quote was really relevant to me uh, on the Balance album. Because the third aspect, the third reason why I call this album Balance is also because it's a mental, um, it's a mindset. It's, I find it very, very tough uh, this age being a parent of two, uh, have a lovely wife, and to balance that with the career that I have, it, it's almost impossible job. Right. Any, how, how are you finding that? How, what, like, where are you finding the, the strength to, to balance and at the same time like be at peace with yourself? I mean, you're on tour yeah, and you have family. You just turned 40. Yeah. Like, you have a lot. A new album. Like, well, let, how, me, let me start. I want to take two steps back. And, and sometimes when I read interviews from my colleagues – well-respected colleagues, I always listen to their, like when somebody asks about their mindset and I talk about how they uh, handle life and they always give the answer that I used to give as well. Namely, okay, this is how I organized it. Uh, So you get sort of a fixed answer. This is my, you know, the standard answer would be I have a team that that takes care of me. I have a manager. He he does what he's supposed to do. And I'm sort of over that, uh, that, answer to the question because it's not answering the real question that the real answer to the mindset or or how do you balance things in your life is that it's an ongoing process and that the fights and and the struggles have are are happening daily that's what you don't hear dj say they say like you know i got my team they take care of me and that's what i used to answer as well and again i'm not dissing on my uh, my colleague djs because i understand that question and everybody has a right to answer that question in his own respect but if, if I closely look at what happens in my life, then it's a struggle. That's the truth. And I think, uh, you know, now that we are talking more freely about mental health and, and DJing and, and electronic music and what happened to Avicii, I think there's, it's a moment that we open up and say, look, this DJ lifestyle has a dark side to it. 
and has a very, very dark side to it. And the dark side means uh, in order to find balance, it's a, it's a day-to-day struggle. And yes, I have a great team of people around me and lots of problems are solved by that. But for me, I get like strange dilemmas, you know, like I have to choose between a gig for 40,000 people or taking my son to football. And, you know, it's that kind of choices that are presented to you. And it's, it's really tough. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, that's it's a vulnerable, vulnerable answer. And I think I, I mean, I obviously I can't relate so much to the music part, but I look at people who are struggling in life. Our life is full of ups and downs. There's, you know, it's full of the need to balance. And I think a lot of times people think, oh, there's, there's this finish line somewhere in the, in the distance where everything's going to be great and perfect. And I won't have to worry about this anymore. <laughs> and clearly that's not the case to your point, because you say it's a constant daily struggle. Happiness is, is, is usually a, like a photograph. It's like you have happy moments. I have many happy moments. Like when I'm with my family or when I'm with my friends or don't think like I'm super depressed or anything. I'm not. <laughs> no. But I don't – I want to stop pretending that this life is easy and it's all about, you know, private jets, lots of money, women, drugs, alcohol, you know, because uh, that's not where happiness is. Happiness comes from inside, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a mindset. It's true. So, I, I love that you say that. So, how do you keep that in perspective? Like when you have a bad day, nothing's going right, you're tired, you're on tour – like, how do, you, how do you recall those happy moments? Because to your point, happiness is moments. Well, it's th- not a state. I think we need to stop thinking that everything needs to be perfect always. Sometimes life just isn't perfect. And I think growing up and every day you wake up a little more is also accepting the fact that sometimes you just feel miserable. I sometimes have days too where I just feel miserable. Even though I had the greatest gig on the planet and, you know, my son comes with a drawing and he said, look, dad, I draw your car and he's super happy and I should feel happy about that. And I think this is also a sign of the times that in our society, we want to make the most of our lives. You know, it has to be high quality always. We have to go to the best restaurants. We have to watch the best series. FOMO is, is, a, is, a, is a big thing in our lives. But I think what we have to change in our society in general is that it's okay to feel down sometimes because you know what? Actually, feeling down has a purpose too. Uh, You won't feel down, I mean, unless you have like serious mental problems, obviously, but you won't feel down every single day. But there will be days where you just won't feel super happy. And that's okay because you know what? The next day when it's a little bit more sunny and you know, everything goes a little better, you'll feel better. It's not every day is going to be like that. But sometimes it's just a dark cloud. At least, let you know, let's talk from my point of view. There's just, sometimes you just won't feel like you wish you would. But. Right. I I love that answer. I really appreciate you saying that. I I was actually really inspired by Above and Beyond. I went to their weekender and in, in the Gorge Amphitheater and they ha- they're doing this like mindfulness um, and, and yoga type type thing. And there was something I was really inspired by that uh, that they said. They said, "Don't give up, give in." And I did this whole I did put together a meditation for this, this idea that you know don't give up, but you can, you can give in to how you're feeling sometimes. You could admit how you're feeling. Like, I feel like a lot of times people feel the need to say, Oh, uh, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. It's okay to not be happy for a minute. Like you can just admit it. And I think that's so powerful that you said that. I think people look at you and like, he's the happiest guy in the world. I am. I am. I'm blessed. I'm super But not all the time. But not all the time. No. Even I have my dark moments. I love Mark Manson's book. Uh, everything's uh, beeped. And he has, he has a section in the book where he says like, uh, everything's a seven. 
You know, sometimes your yeah. life's a nine. If you're like, you got a new car yeah. or, you know, you hear that you and your wife are pregnant or, you know, you, you got you just got married and your life's a 10. Right. But everything, you know, at, at some point, your life will be a seven again. Right. And I love that. That's, that, that's so true. Yeah. Like, whether you're the richest guy in the world uh, or you're, 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 you know, unless you're really poor, obviously that, that is, that's yeah, not, your, it's not your choice, right. that it's, it's a different situation. But if you like have an average income and you feel okay, then I think uh, a lot of people will agree that my life's a seven. Right. Sometimes it's a five, sometimes it's a nine. And, 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 and that I have, I have to agree with you because even though my life seems super, uh, great. And it is at times, you know, even private jets get boring, you know, I'm afraid to say that, but it's true. It's <laughs> yeah. like, thanks for being honest. Yeah. And, and sometimes I even think like, wow, you know, uh, private jets usually have to stand in the back of the line. Yeah. You, you know, uh, because you know, you're not faster. People think that a private jets faster. It's not because flight from Amsterdam to Ibiza takes three hours in a private jet and it's two hours on a commercial airline. Uh, you know, uh, roughly. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> there's good and bad sides <laughs> to everything, I yeah. guess. That's a good perspective. So, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, people refer to you as Mr. Perfect. The name of the documentary was Mr. Perfect. I'm curious, everything we just said, like sometimes your life's a seven, sometimes you're a successful seven in your career, but you want to be a ten. So, how do you stop putting so much pressure on yourself? I know you're, you're hard on yourself. You know, I, you're I DJ to, Mag one, 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 and then two. And then, like, how do you prevent yourself from putting so much pressure on yourself to, to do more be in better. 2010 i had a really a lot of people noticed because i touched on this in many interviews but very briefly in 2010 i uh, was number one dj in the world and i felt like i was the most unhappy guy in the world and i was having mental issues looking back at it and that was because i was reading every tweet that everybody was writing and all my fans uh they mean a lot to me you know uh, all the comments they, and, and secretly i had just read everything and, and there would be 19 positive comments and, and one or two guys would say like, oh, your set is not good and it was not trance or it was, you know, yeah. predictable or whatever. And it would hurt like hell. It was like hitting somebody in the face, you know. And I struggled with that for a long, long time until I went to a coach and he put that into perspective. And it really cleared my head in a way. Started reading books. Um, uh, Daniel Kahneman, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. Uh, the Winner Effect by Ian Robertson. Uh, those two books became like the Bible because I, I started to understand like those books are like the manual of a human brain almost to me. And I started putting things into perspective and I felt more uh, free and I started to understand something that was really, really important to me personally. And that's what reflects on the Balance album too, is that I think the most important thing to be creative is to keep having fun. And I forgot to have fun because I was just trying to please everybody. It became a burden and it became some sort of a I – I described it to my coach as getting up in the morning and having this big pile of wood on, on the back of my shoulders. Yeah. Like it, I, was, I felt I had to lift something and I was able to, th to throw off the, that, that wooden thing and free myself. And t three years later, I was rewarded by – I don't know who who's controlling. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, you know, if you're religious, you say God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then uh, I was rewarded with uh, the Grammy nomination for my single. This is what it feels like. And I remember uh, when that track was released, I got I got bashed a lot because it was pop and it was you know, and it was my biggest single to this day. Yeah. Uh, so that's the irony of it. So that's when I sort of was able to let go of that stigma of, oh, I'm the trans guy and I have to make trans and this is the only thing I can do. 
and I felt more free. And in that sense, I created the entire uh, Intense album around This Is What It Feels Like because that was basically the first single that was done. There was a lot of trancey stuff on there, but I just felt the need to experiment. You know, I just said, like, look, as proud as I am of my past successes, all my tracks are my babies, but I can't recreate In and Out of Love. I can't recreate Blue Fear. They're all, like, photographs of that time. And I've, I've accepted that now. I've accepted that you have to move forward. And as an artist, you have to keep reinventing yourself. And the most important thing to do that, because it sounds like a burden, how, how do I reinvent myself? Like, I was thinking about that. Like, how am I going to reinvent making music? And the answer is very simple. Go back to that little guy that went into the studio for the first time and had fun creating music. And you have to stay loyal to that little guy, that, that young guy, uh, my, myself, that was just in the studio being excited about the sound coming from a synthesizer. And that's what I'm doing now, you know. Uh, if I don't feel inspired, I open up a different plugin or I start filling around with other tools and... Maybe I'll buy a cheeky plug-in or I, I buy a compressor and I start doing things that are just not just, – I want to have fun. Yeah. Just have fun. That's where all the inspiration comes from. Just have a good time. And if you're not having a good time in your studio, you know what? It reflects in your music. Yeah. I love that. I, I'm, I think a lot of people can relate to that even if they aren't musicians. I mean, you know, I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be successful, to be happy, and, and we're not. I think a lot of times it go in life, just it, reinventing yourself isn't a bad thing. Making changes for the better for yourself isn't a bad thing. I think a lot of times people think that when they have to make big life decisions or reinvent themselves emotionally or from a breakup or something bad that it's a sign of weakness or something like that when clearly it's hardly the case you get back to your roots of what made you excited what made you smile initially if it's music if it's something else like i'm, I'm sure you can relate to that idea um one of, one of the things uh you said obviously going back to to what made you happy initially do you do you practice any any mindfulness or anything like meditation or anything like that like how do you stay rooted in the moment i find myself personally i'm i'm always busy i'm always doing something that i, I forget i like i forget you black out for a week. You forget to appreciate anything. Like, do you do, you do any practices or any, any ideas? I started and, doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Quite recently, actually. Yeah. Uh, somebody's helping with that. Because uh, it's, the, it's the nerve, you know, the way that the human brain is constructed, it's not something that you can control. Uh, you can only handle so much pressure, so much stress. Uh, and I, I came to realize now that you have to unwind in order to excel. And it's... That's been pretty bad on me because it means like I have to say no to certain gigs. And I have a thing I call the Saturday night itch. Like yeah. When I made the mistake, like I'm finally on the couch next to my wife. We're watching a great movie. And halfway through the movie, my mind just wanders off. Yeah. And why? Because I grabbed my phone. I made the mistake to open Instagram. And there you go. People are dancing to the festival that, the festival that wanted to book me. And I said no. And then it's FOMO. You know, um, and that hurts, man. It hurts. It's like you sit there, and but now I grow older, I I accept it more because I have to find balance also to give my family time, and I have to I have to be in that moment, and that's the thing that's really tough on my wife too because she she feels like she's looking forward to me finally being home, and there's this guy sitting next to you on the couch, and he's his mind is wandering off to the festival again. Yeah, and, and that's the burden a little bit of, of the DJ lifestyle. You know, you can't live with it. You can't live without it. Yeah. <laughs> like, this will be a warning to any, anybody that wants to get into the DJ industry. I mean, once you're a DJ, you cannot, you cannot <laughs> go back. Yeah. Once you've hit that mark and once you're successful, because that's what we all aim. Yeah, we want to be successful. So, you're successful. Then what? 
are you going to find the balance? You know, uh, I have a massive guilt feeling towards my best friends because I completely neglected them. I let them, you know, uh, I, f- I feel guilt towards my parents, my brother. I just didn't spend enough time with them, the time that they deserve. And then they're, they're you know, they're probably the most important people. I got an advice uh, from my Jedi master, Ben Liebrand, who's a Dutch master mixer. He's one of the very first guys to actually start as a DJ. And he mentored me and he was very important. And he said something before I started DJing and I should have listened to him better. He said, you're spending 95% of your time on people who don't really love you as you. I mean, my fans love me, but they love me for the music or as, you know, for the shows. But the people that actually care about me, they're always the last in the line. And it makes me, and that made me think a lot about it. I should have listened to him better because it's true. You know, you, you know, you have this, especially if you're a guy, you have this testosterone, you want to prove yourself, you want to be the monkey on the, on the mountain and you want to show to everybody how good you are. But, you know, you pay a big price for that. A very, very big price. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I feel I feel like ego and drive and, you know, just seeing what other people are doing, it like you can neglect a lot of important people and events and experiences in your life. And I'm sure you've you realized that. I, I want to go quickly back to what you were just saying. Um, and I, a lot of my listeners are, you know, uh, artists, creators, writers, podcasters. Was there ever a moment when you were up and coming, call it, let's call it early 2000s, 90s, where you, was there any moment where you're like, like, I can, I can do this. I can do this big. I can, I can do this more than just, you know, have this be a hobby. Was there anything where you yeah. realized like, I'm powerful. Like I, I've got yeah. this. I remember my first UK gig I played in a uh, cream at Liverpool in the courtyard in February, 2000. And I remember the roar of the crowd, which I never experienced that way. Cause I was, I guess my career took off in England before it did in Holland or anywhere else in the world uh, because of a track that was popular in the UK. And uh, I remember I was warming up for Seth Fontaine, who was a big DJ at the time, and he allowed me to play 30 minutes more because he saw the crowd was going crazy. And I wanted to sit in the bathtub to unwind from that. And I sitting in that bathtub, I really remembered like, wow. So it is actually possible for this nerdy guy from Leiden in the Netherlands, law school student, to be an internationally successful DJ, which at the time was a novelty because now DJs tour all over the world. You have festivals. But at the time, that was it was completely unthinkable to DJ anywhere else but in my own country. And I, I got really lucky meeting the right people and, you know, being in the slipstream of Ferry Corsten and, you know, getting the support from uh, so many uh, English DJs that helped me. And so that was a really, really, you know... Super. It was a super great time. Yeah. It was. That was. Yeah. Do you, I, yeah. Do you do you consider yourself a stubborn person? Like, what gives you perseverance? Like, it didn't happen overnight. Clearly, and even from that moment to where you are today, I'm sure there's lots of ups and downs, and you I had think, to keep going. I think I'm just a workaholic. Okay. Yeah. I just once I put my teeth into something, I don't let go. Yeah. And I don't stop. And what, and what drives you? Is it you want to you want to finish it? You want to make impact with it? It's creative for you? Like, what What do you think? It's, there's nothing more sad, you know, nothing gives more satisfaction than creating something in the studio yourself and playing into a crowd and, and see people cheer to it, go crazy to a song that you've created. That gives a great personal satisfaction. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I think in person, I know I promised I wouldn't talk about it. In my life, like I've been writing for a long time. I even looked on Instagram the other day to see how many like uh, I post quotes on one of my, my accounts and I've posted four 4,000 times, um, which, you know, it's four or five years worth. And Congratulations. It's, and it's, That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Uh, but like I look at that and like I really only found my stride this year, to be honest. Like the podcast blew up. My writing's blown up. It's been great. But like I look at that and it's like I put in three years of work before I even had an inkling that this was... They're like, I could do something with this. And then I started getting reviews and, and people messaging me and sponsors and things like that. It's like amazing how <laughs> put in three years of work, four years of work, and then you could have this moment and be like, ah, you know, it makes sense now. But you need, you need to have that drive to do it. You need to have a, like, something, a sense of satisfaction, something that drives you so it makes you happy. You have want, to have something. I want to ask you a question. Having the success with your podcast is amazing for you. Uh, but did it make you a more happy person? Are you more happy now than you were two years ago or three years ago? I wouldn't say so. It's um, crazy, right? Yeah. You would think like yeah. if you achieve something like that, you get all the sponsors, you get all the attention, that you would think that that would make you more happy as a human being. And it did probably for a little bit. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I think the, the – and this isn't a, a cooked answer. It's been the process of doing the podcast that has made me happy because when I do the, the podcast, exactly, yeah. I'm learning about myself. I've like yeah. opened up tremendously doing the podcast, learned all these great things about myself – Getting recognition is nice. It's nice to validate that I've got a good podcast voice and people relate to my stupid jokes and dad jokes and things like that. It's great, right? But it's, it's, it was the process and I'm sure you, you feel the same. The journey is more rewarding than the, than the destination for sure. I, I, can, I, you know, I have a lot of personal stories I can tell about individual tracks that I wrote um, and I've accepted that now. That's also the message behind Balance. You know, Every one of those 28 songs have a personal story behind it. And there's people always ask me like, how do you start a track? How do you how do you get inspiration? Well, I don't really start on a track. It's not like okay, I'm gonna write my next hit right now, <laughs> so I'm gonna sit now and I'm gonna start with this great riff. No, it's a, a track with me starts different every day. And sometimes it may start with a kick drum. Sometimes it may start with a bass line. Sometimes just with a sound from a plugin that I like. Sometimes it's just sitting with my guitar on my kitchen table and. I can't even play guitar, but I play two notes. Hey, cool, let's record this and then loop that and go from there. You're just fooling around in the beginning. You're not really seriously considering making that a track. And yeah. that's what I'm constant sorry, that's what I'm constantly doing. I'm always like on a flight or in a studio. I'm always fooling around with sounds, plugins, you know, throwing ideas at, at people. Uh, you know, that's how you start. And a creation comes from there. It comes from like, wow, what a great sound. Or Hey, I heard this track. I got an idea. Or having piano lessons for my piano teacher. Uh, I find a chord that I think is absolutely amazing. So, I quickly write it down, put it in our studio, put it somewhere. And yeah. I always save everything that I do. Yeah. Even if I think it's not really good or not ex inspiring because somebody else may come in my studio and think like, wow. So... That's how I'm. That's how I'm creative. It's just like it's different every time. Yeah, yeah. Easily inspired as well. I feel like whenever I go out and I try to be in the moment, I try to be a sponge for for my writing. It's for it's for writing to be able to see things, have experiences, and then just take that and, and create from it. I'm always writing things down. I'm always leaving little voice messages for myself. Yeah, I do so it's, <laughs> so it's an iterative. People think I'm crazy. Like I'm always like talking to my phone. Um, one one of the things and talking about being inspired and creative. Um, so it. DJ, but formerly a lawyer, or by 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 study and academic, a lawyer. I'm um, I'm curious, like for you, you found out rather quickly, or I'd love to know how. Like you knew what was important to you. Music spoke to you. Music was a drive, a passion, a purpose, whatever you want to call it for you. What do you say to people who are like they're like I just I just don't know what 
what my thing is in life. Like, I can't find it. I have a job. I have friends. But I don't have a thing. Like, am I, should I be looking for it? Like, should I be experimenting? Like, do you believe everyone has, like, a purpose like that? Um, what do you... So I, I find it really hard to answer that question for other people. Yeah. I think the only thing I can say about that is don't be hard. Don't be too harsh on yourself. I think in society, we want, we want to make the most out of our lives. You know, life's short. Everybody knows that's a cliche, but it's true. Uh, and if you have, if you've, I felt for a long time, like I'm nobody, I'm not, I'm not going to be anything, uh, you know, cause you know, D- I wasn't a stereotype DJ. I was just, like I said, it was this law school student from Leiden in the Netherlands that's it. So I, why would I be successful? And I didn't even dream of that. Uh, and I think sh- success or or money or fame should never be the drive. It should always be like, am I having a good time? Is this taking me somewhere? Uh, and don't be too hard on yourself if you if you don't really find a passion right now. It will come. Yeah. Like I met so many of my friends who felt like they were high school dropouts, and they're now the most successful. Uh, entrepreneurs, you know, they run businesses now. But when I kn- knew them when they were 16, 17, they had that this exact same feeling that you're describing like, oh my God, I don't know what to do with my life. And that's okay too. Yeah. It will come. There, there will be something. There, there's a path for everybody. I, I strongly believe that. You just don't, don't, don't be desperate, you know. Uh, take life, uh, open your arms and take life as it comes and something will be there for you. You just, you know, sometimes people are impatient. They want to read the book of life yeah. in a day and get all the answers to their life. Well, guess what? That's not going to, that's not going to happen. And if you feel like you don't have a purpose, you know, wait a year, wait two years. Sometimes purpose in life comes with people that are 45 or 55, yeah. you know, and they become super successful or they find their purpose. But life is a struggle like that. You, every day, you wake up a little more, you meet new people, you know, you get a different job, you switch jobs, you feel like you're a dropout, you, you know, you feel like you failed miserably. I had that feeling many times. I mean, I created so many bad songs too, you know, I've created a, a few good ones. Yeah. Uh, but you know, every track that I did was to give me another, you know, it was, had a purpose in the end for, you know, creating the songs that were successful later. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I mean, I'm the world's most impatient dude. I admit that all the time. And I've found so much value in taking a step back, not putting pressure on myself to have it all figured out and leaving yourself open. You never know when I can meet someone in 30 minutes from now who could have a massive impact in my life. Yeah, like you never know yeah. when purpose will find you, like yeah, you know, exactly, leaving yourself yeah. open to it. I love but, that. But that's also the, 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 the excitement of life, right? You don't know where you're going to be in half hour from now. Who you're going to talk to in half hour from now, awesome. who you're going to run that's into. Awesome. Uh, you know, I love John Lennon's quote, life is what's happening to you when you're busy making other plans. That's my favorite quote yeah. from John Lennon. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> and that's true because, you know, it always, you know, you always have the car accident when you can least use it. You're, you're, you're on your way to an important, uh, and that, that can be negative. But then during the car accident, you can meet somebody who's actually really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Life, life has yes. strange turns like that. Man, I love that. It's a very optimistic way of looking at life. Not everyone, you know, has that. So I, I want to be respectful of your time and I just a couple more questions. Um, this one, uh, you, you might, maybe it was on a Mr. Perfect. You mentioned it. Sometimes you feel like an outsider. Maybe yeah. it's because you, you're, you're 40 or sometimes you're DJing and you're looking down at people and you just feel like you're, you're not, you're kind of removed from I that. I still feel like that. 
Why is that? And then I'd love to get your advice for people who feel like they're an outsider in life just in general. I know you, you got to be broad with that, but tell us a little bit about what you mean when you say that you feel like an outsider. Well, that's the reason also why we call it Mr. Perfect because, you know, uh, I'm strongly against drugs. I mean, I've never used it. I don't mind people that do actually because I, you know, I'm from Holland. So we have a really li- li- tolerant, tolerant, <laughs> yeah. liberal way of thinking yeah. of that. I, I think like if you're not bothering anybody, I guess it's okay. Um, but that's the Dutch way of looking at things. But I've just never done it. And you can test my hairs to prove it. Uh, I, I never felt the need that I needed drugs in my life. I always felt weird because some of my friends did use it. And I, I was just really in there to enjoy the music. And I thought, do you, do you need you know, substances like that to actually enjoy this music? I mean, no. I, and that's why I felt like an outsider. I was never that party animal. I was never like, you know, uh, taking drugs or doing crazy stuff to enjoy this music. I was really into the music. So, I felt a little bit crazy like, am I really the only one who's enjoying this music just pure, like just on a few beers? Right. <laughs> Is that okay yeah. too? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the stereotype DJ for me was like, you know, Sasher and John Dickweed and Carl Cox, the early, you know, I had a huge admire, admiration for them, like Paul Oakenfold, those guys. And I looked up to them and I was like, I'm not worthy you know I, I i'm not i'm not that guy i'm not like they, i thought i thought they were super cool and what they did was just amazing why would I, why would people come and see armin van buren you know right. yeah <laughs> that's what i honestly yeah. thought yeah and then uh mr perfect obviously is an i as an ironic title because it's a fr- it's a burden if you want to make everything perfect and you know that it's never going to be perfect you know music is never perfect it's always, you know, you always try. And I try to be perfect. And I take all the criticism of my fans very serious. But you know what? And this is maybe cool to end uh, at the end. I came to a really important realization personally. Uh, and I don't know, I don't know if, you, if, if this does anything to you or to the listeners. But for me, the realization came that there's a purpose to the fact that not 100% of human beings will like your music. There is a there's an evolutionary purpose to that. Uh, there's never been a work of art, a podcast, a book, a piece of music that 100% of human beings like. And why is that? I have the answer. It's very simple. It's called evolution. If there would be a book or a song that 100% of human beings liked, we wouldn't find Einstein. We are made to think differently. And we have to embrace that. Because that's how we find people like Einstein. Because he thought differently. He looked at the same stuff. He was born in the same, on the same planet. But he was just had a radically different approach on the same thing. And we learned so much from that. So we have to embrace the fact. And it's okay if there's people who don't like you as a person. Because you're never going to find a person walking this planet that 100% of human beings like. There's always going to be people that don't like you. Accept that. And it's part of evolution. Because that's how we get electrical cars and that's how we get uh books we need people to think different yeah we need to embrace uh uh, freedom of speech we need to embrace people who think differently yeah i mean i say it all the time your 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 weirdness what makes you unique that weird habit hobby you have is what makes you you yeah embrace it yeah I absolutely should. I think people look at you. People are like, oh my gosh, everyone loves Armin. What are you kidding me? Yeah, don't, don't try to be Armin Van Buren. Yeah. Try to be you. Yes. And that's what I mean with every day you wake up a little more. Every day you discover something about yourself that you didn't know. And you have to learn and to embrace that, even if it's a weird thing. Thank you. 
That's awesome. You're welcome. You should you should host the podcast where you give like these kind of <laughs> advice, a state of trance, and then you could do a like a, a mindfulness or self help podcast. This is amazing. Thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. If you're listening right now, I hope you found some value in this. If you did. Please share, tag myself, Case Kenny, tag Armin in it as well. Let him know you appreciate his thoughts on his mindset. And until next episode, I'm out. Bye.